wonderful presence of God is in this house. I feel him so strong this morning. He is so strong in this house. I'll be reading from Genesis chapter 1. I'll be reading verses 26 through 29. And then I'll be reading Psalm 145 and verse number 13. But beginning... Genesis 1, verse number 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. Everyone say dominion. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. First he says, I want to, and then he gives them permission to have dominion. Verse 29, and God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you it shall be food. Psalm 145, verse number 13. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. For the next little bit for until God is done but I feel him so he wants to do something in this house this morning he wants to move in a mighty way for the next little bit I'm going to title this message dominion multiplied dominion multiplied if you're going to preach with me by saying amen at least three times you may be seated. The word dominion is used 56 times in the King James Bible. In one form or another, we find it 44 times in the Old Testament, but only 12 times in the New Testament. I have an opinion on that, and I'm sure that someone would tell me if I'm wrong, but just wait until after service and be nice and, and tell me in, in private. But my opinion is that in the Old Testament, God tells about dominion. In the New Testament, God operates in dominion. He shows, He manifests what all of the shadows and the foretellings of the Old Testament were all about. But what is dominion? Dominion means lordship. Sovereign or supreme authority. It comes from the same Latin word that we get our words, domain. Dominion meaning property or ownership. David penned these words in Psalm 24 and 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell within. The earth is the Lord's dominion. Isaiah 66 and 1 says, Thus saith the Lord, The heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye build unto me, and where is the place of my rest? If the heavens are his throne, and the earth is his footstool, there's no place that is not his dominion. Psalm 145, 13, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. It has no beginning and it has no end. And your dominion endures throughout all generations. From generation until generation, your dominion is going to, end, is going to continue. His kingdom will not end. His dominion will endure. It is all about his rule. 
It's all about who is in control. I want us to understand this morning and I want us to have a little bit of hope. I want us to have actually a lot of hope when we understand this. There's never been a time that God was not in control. There's never been a time and there never will be a time that my God is not in control. It doesn't matter how dark it gets. It doesn't matter what anybody else wants to say. My God has and always will be on the throne and there's nobody beside him there's no one to share power he said I am God and I am God alone there is none beside me there is none else I have all sovereignty I am Lord Isaiah 9 and 7 says of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David upon his kingdom to order it and to establish the judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever the zeal of the Lord Host will perform this. Just his zeal is going to make sure of the increase of his government, of his rule, of his dominion. There shall be no end. So when a preacher, when someone gets up and they begin to preach to you about the Gadarean that has Let's just go with 2,000 unclean spirits. Depending on who you believe, a legion could be up to 6,000, but as small as 2,000. According to Mark chapter 5, there were only 2,000 swine. So I'm just going to go on the low end. I know you're not used to that. You're used to me going on the other side. But I have a reason for doing this. Just wait. I'll get there. I promise. If there were 6,000 There were only 2,000 pigs, so that means each pig ended up with three devils. See, we're learning more math. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000. See, I told you. Y'all thought I was like, you know, pulling your leg or something. That means lying with just saying it really nicely from behind the pulpit. I know, you've heard me say that there were up to 6,000 devils. See, that's what's happened. When preachers get excited, when we feel evangelistic, there were up to 6,000 devils and God was all of them. That's what we do. We get excited about those kind of things. And it's true. It's true. We weren't there. We don't know how many were there. But just for today, just for today, I'm going to go with 2,000 right now. We get excited and we preach how that... God just cast them out. How that he came down and and we put on voices of, of how just with one word God said, go, and they had to leave. But you know, that's that's only kind of true. Only kind of. You know, when you when you start reading, yeah, it does. Matthew 8, 32, it says, and he said to them, Go. But I'm not going to preach this with the evangelist evangelistic license that I possess. I have one in my wallet. I'm just not carrying it up here this morning. I, I, I know that you're used to me preaching really loud and, and saying things like muchness. I told you I was going to get it in. But in the book of Mark 5, and I'm going to read 1 through 17. I know I don't usually read as many scriptures as what I'm reading, but I'm building a foundation for us to have a little bit of fun here in a moment. And they came over unto the other side of the sea and to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because he that had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces neither could any man tame him this guy's wild strong and always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones oh let me just add this in here when the enemy gets a hold of you there are things that he will cause you to do to yourself that no man can stop you from it is going to take a miraculous move of almighty God but he said that when he saw Jesus afar off he ran and worshipped him and cried with a what voice? a loud voice Those of you that are guests last week, my title was, It Might Get Loud. 
But he cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he had said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. He asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him that he would not send them away out of the country. And there were nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And the devils, the Bible says, besought him. Do you know what that word means? Begged. The devils begged. The unclean spirits begged him, saying, send us into the swine that we may enter into. Tell us where to go so that we can actually go there. And you think God's not in control. Tell me where I can go so that I can actually go where you send me. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. You know what that means? He gave them permission. I know you don't know where I'm going, but I do, and so I'm excited. My Bible tells me that first they begged him, and then... He gave them permission to leave. Can I just paint you a picture that, that I have in my mind? Jesus walks up, and if the, if the earth is his footstool, this is his place. He owns the property that he's walking on. And he walks up, and suddenly there's a man that comes out of the tomb, and he begins to worship him. And then there's a devil, an unclean spirit, that begins to speak out of him. And Jesus looks at him and says, do you have an ID? I've got about 6,000, depending on who you ask. Well, let's just give me one. How about Legion? Because there's a whole bunch of us in here. But please, please, just tell us to leave. Jesus looked at them like they were trespassers on his property and basically told them to go. I need someone to understand this morning. God is not here to have any kind of a conversation with the enemy. He's not here to ask and say, oh, is it all right if I make you leave? No, God just shows up and says, this is my property. This is my place. I own it. And I'm going to go ahead and let you go. I'm going to get you out of here. I need somebody to understand there's not a devil that's big enough there's not a devil that's bad enough that can stand up when God says to go somebody needs to understand that there's a God that sits on high and he has all power in heaven and in earth and there's none beside him and there's no devil that can challenge him there's no devil. I don't, it does not matter to me. There could have been two devils, 20 devils, 2,000 devils, 20,000 devils, 2 million devils. And when Jesus walks on the shore, not one of them was going to be able to stop that man. Because there's something on the inside of us that when we get a vision of Jesus, nothing, no matter how big, no matter how powerful, no matter what it's holding us, is going to stop me from worshiping my God. The devil can't do it. I don't care what he says. I don't care what he does. I mean, honestly, one devil's a bunch. One devil. 2,000, 20,000, 6,000. I don't care how many it is. They couldn't stop this man when he saw Jesus. He's in the tombs, he's mutilating his body. He's screaming because he's tormented. His mind is a complete mess. He's naked. He's not in his right mind. But even in all of that chaos and confusion, he knew who Jesus was. And can I add a little bit extra there? I don't know that he had even heard the stories of Jesus. Think about it. This dude's naked and unashamed. Do you think the fellows in the neighborhood were going, hey, buddy, let me tell you about Jesus? He's like, <laughs> but when Jesus walks on shore, 
even a body that had never seen him before. There's something on the inside of us that recognizes that is the master of all creation. Oh, somebody hear me. You've been in the middle of the darkest night and suddenly there's been somebody that showed up and said, oh, that's my God. That's my Lord. That's my Savior. I'm telling you, whether you know it or not, it's the presence of an almighty God that has kept you safe, that has protected you, that has cared for you, that has provided for you. It doesn't matter to me whether you're right with him or not. He still loves you. Come on, and I know, I know you're sitting here wondering, what's that I feel? If you'll look up, you'll see it's Jesus walking towards you. And those devils, those unclean spirits, they couldn't stop him. In fact, they said, please give us permission to leave because they had no power. They had no domain. They had no dominion. The enemy that's fighting your home, he doesn't have dominion. The enemy that's warring against your family, he doesn't have dominion. Some of you need to start praying over your family like you've never prayed before. Some of you need to start pleading the blood of Calvary. Some of you need to start speaking the name of Jesus because the devil's an intruder. The devil's a liar and the father of all lies. When he speaketh a lie, the Bible says he speaketh his own. Somebody needs to start calling on the name of Jesus and letting him know, God, I want you to take dominion and authority in my home. I want you to have dominion in my life. I want you to have dominion on my job. I'm telling you right now, Bethel, I want him to have dominion in Arnold. I want him to have dominion in Jefferson County. I want him to have dominion in Missouri. I say, God, it's already yours. Just take control. Have the dominion. Show us who you are. Tormented night and day, people try to help. You ever had somebody try to help you, but you just are more bound when they're done? It's never happened here. You tried to help, and you're just weighted down with your chains, telling you the enemy can't stop you, and neither can the person beside you, neither can the opinions of others. I'm here to tell you whenever there was not a debate between the Gadarene and the enemy and the demons, the unclean spirits. There was not a debate. There was nothing that he said, hey, Legion, hey, fellows that are inside of there, hey, do you guys care if I run and see Jesus? Because I guarantee you the answer would have been, yeah, we kind of care. He said, I've got to get to this one. Because all I feel right now is chaos and confusion. But there's something coming towards me that's different. Something just stepped off of that boat that's, that's different. Right now all I, I feel emptiness and pain and loneliness, but fulfillment is walking to, ah, there's joy unspeakable. I'm in the middle of depression and fear, but joy unspeakable. Hey, I feel the glory. It's full of glory. There's something different. And he ran and threw himself and worshiped to Jesus. What you feel this morning is his dominion. What you feel this morning. See, we, we entered. I, I start service that way on Sunday mornings. We, we, we start with Thanksgiving. It's how we enter in the gates so that we can get into the courts with praise. It's a process. You don't just show up and walk on in, hey, I'm here for the inner courts. Now, there have been those moments that God has just flooded my car. One of those moments I've told you about was at Sonic. I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, he just shows up in my truck. He always has awesome timing. I, I think... I think God knew, knows what it's like to be a waiter because every time I'm about to put something in my mouth, that's when the waiter the waiter shows up. I'm sitting in my truck at Sonic, little town, Spring Hill. And all of a sudden, God just shows up in the truck. I'm just like, oh, God. I just, I just rolled up the window. 
Yeah, it was crank. Kids, that's what that means. There was no button. No, it was, ugh. It was hot, muggy. I'm just, I'm just, ugh. I'm, I'm crying ugly. There's, there's no pretty part of this. It's not one of those, oh, yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. No, it's, ugh. Yeah. I get a knock on my window. Sir, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, here, here's your corn dog and your large Coke. Just keep the change. I don't care how much I just keep the change. <laughs> but once in a while, he does. He just shows up like that. But he shows up like that because I need him to show up like that in those moments. But usually... <laughs> There's a process. Usually we enter, we start with some thanksgiving, and we go on, you know, praise before we ever get to the worship, and then we end up in his presence, just us. What you're feeling this morning is the dominion that we're trying to create by creating an atmosphere of thanksgiving and praise and worship. You're feeling his presence. You're feeling how God is inhabiting the praises of his people, but yet there's more to it. He takes up a dwelling place in us. We are his property. He is in control of everything. I know you're sitting here this morning, and it has to be. That's the only reason God would be dealing with me about this. And you're wondering, is God really in control? If he's, if he's in control, how can he look at my life? and How, how can you look at my life and say God's in control of, of all of this? Daniel tells us that he changed the times and seasons. He removes kings. He set them up. And, 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 and he, he gives wisdom unto the wise, knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and the secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness and the light that dwelleth within him. God's in control. Nothing is hidden from him. But this morning, I want us to understand that while I am aware that he has all power in heaven and in earth, that there is still a battle that happens. I'm not here to try to act like there is not a battle that happens because we find in verse 6 that when he saw Jesus afar off that he ran and worshipped him. And so we're excited because on one hand the devils couldn't stop him from worshipping God. But on the other hand he was still bound. On the other hand the, the enemies, the unclean spirits were still fighting and trying to hold on. They still wanted to remain in control. They still wanted, they said, why, what have I to do with you, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. The enemy still had a stronghold in this man. And I know some of you are going to be shocked by this statement. And to all of our guests, I apologize in advance by how Harsh the statement is going to be, so buckle up. Everybody got their seatbelts on? Tray tables return to their upright position because we're about to take off. You're not God. I know, harsh, right? You do not have dominion here. As much as we get excited. I do not have dominion here. I am not in control. I do not set up kings, and I do not tear them down. I do not change the seasons. I don't have dominion here. I know, I know we're made in his likeness. We're, we're, we're made in his image, but we are not him. And so while he may be able to walk on water into the middle of a storm, I have to endure the storm until he gets there. He can walk on water. He can call Peter out of the ship and say, come. Uh, go ahead, walk on out here. Come on, I'll give you permission to walk where I'm walking right now. But 
That doesn't mean that Peter has dominion because the moment that he takes his eyes off of Jesus, the moment that he takes his eyes off of the one that actually has dominion, he begins to sink. Every once in a while we think that because we've been baptized in his name, we've been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that we shouldn't have any problems. And the moment that we come and we speak in tongues or they sing the right song and we get all excited, everything should be good. But I want us to understand that even in the middle of all of that you're still going to have problems you're still going to have pain you're still going to have hurt you're still going to have trials you're still going to have storms I know I know if we were God we wouldn't need Jesus to walk on the water and walk to the bow of the boat and say peace be still we would have just walked up and said peace be still I want you to I want us to understand that every once in a while we're still going to have to go through things but it's the battle that teaches us to trust him it's the battle that teaches us his voice it's the storm that makes us recognize him in the middle of the darkest night because at first they thought it was a spirit but then when he speaks out there's something that happens and says Lord if it's really you bid me to come where you are there's something We've got to understand if we're going to operate in the end time revival that God wants us to be a part of because there's going to be a revival whether we're a part of it or not. I want to be a part of it. And we've got to understand that. That it's His church. It's His revival. It's His power. It's His move. And we're going to be in the middle of the battle. We're going to be in the middle of the fight. But we've still got His voice. Jesus sent out the 70 in Luke 10. He says, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. He says, I love the way Jesus is. He's so nice. He says, look, I'm going to send you out as lambs among wolves. Is everybody, you know, have a nice day. You guys go have fun. I would have been like, wait, what? Hold on. You're, you're going to do what? I, I, no, I'm serious. Lamb, lambs among wolves. Go ahead. Go heal people. Heal the sick. If they don't receive you, that's all right. Just... Knock the dust off your shoes and keep on walking. Oh, they get excited. Lord, even the devils are subject to us. They come, man, the Bible says they came back joyfully. They were shouting, having church. I think one of them may have had a tambourine. For those of you that are not here last week, you can listen to that one online. There are moments that are perfect for tambourine. I think that was a perfect moment. They come back all excited. Oh, Jesus, the devils are subject to us. And he says, <laughs> don't get excited about that. Because I, let me, let me, let me tell you what I did. Can, can, I, can I put what just happened for you fellows into perspective when you have dominion? Well, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. <laughs> you did what? Oh, yeah. I just said, yeah, go. That, that's, that's what I did. So don't get excited about what I allow you to do. Get excited that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Get get excited because your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. There are moments, though, he sends them out. But then there are other moments. Mark chapter 9, verse 17 says, Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit and wherever it seizes him, it throws him on the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and he becomes rigid. So I I went to your disciples because I heard a story. Heard a story. They were casting out devils. There were 70 of them you sent out two by two. So I was like, those fellows are going to be able to help my boy. But they could not. So Jesus simply rebukes the spirit and it came out Jesus gets into the house and it's awesome how when everything's going right for the disciples they're out with their tambourines but when it's not going so good they're like the Bible says his disciples ask him privately hey why couldn't we do that and he says to them this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting 
Have you ever wondered why you're still fighting the same thing? Have you ever wondered why you're still having to battle the exact same issue? Have you ever wondered why you can't get deliverance from the hurt? You've tried, you've ran away, you've come back, you've done everything that you know, but yet that baggage and that pain is still there. That weight, oh, it's real easy to lay aside the sin. But for some reason, it's that weight I can't get rid of. The people try to help. The, chief, the people try to, they try to help me out, but yet I just feel more weighted down. There's a difference between authority and dominion. He may give you power. He may give you authority, but it's only his dominion that can set you free. It's only his dominion that will teach you. And I need us to understand this morning that the flesh... Battles his dominion. The flesh wars against the spirit. The Bible tells us the flesh is contrary to the spirit. I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. It's a constant fight. Because the flesh... Is that side of legion that doesn't want to let go. But the spirit is that side of legion that, that recognizes that's my master. And there's a constant battle. The Bible says it's, it's, it's in, in enmity against God. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. But the carnal minded is death. The spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God. Neither can it be. There's something about the flesh that says I don't want to surrender to his domain. I'd rather learn how to deal with my pain. I'd rather learn how to deal with my chaos. I'd rather learn how to live with all of my questions. I'd rather learn to live without God. Because the flesh is warring against us. Even Jesus, please, I'm not here to let make anyone feel bad because even Jesus said it. The flesh is weak, and he cometh into the disciples and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What could you not watch with me one hour? He's, he's in agony in the garden. He knows what's about to happen. He's about to have to sacrifice this flesh. And he's having that same battle. That's why he can say that the flesh is, will, is weak, but the spirit is willing. He knows what it's all about. He's in the garden saying, God, if there's any other way, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me any other way that this can be done and he comes out and he says watch and pray that you enter not into temptation the spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak your flesh is emotional it fights against you it's, it, it's vulnerable have you ever wondered why you're still walking around with those wounds and they will not heal think they're all healed you think your walls are up and then you see that one that caused them you, you, you hear that voice that caused them you feel that spirit that caused them it doesn't even have to be the same person but your wound recognizes you know, the, the body, actually, pain causes the body to learn. It creates pain memories. That's why the first time when you hit your hand with a hammer, 
The second time, whoa! The third time, if you're smart, you just, you just move your hand out of the way. The body creates pain memories. And so they begin to... They begin to, the spirit begins to learn them. And then that you, you recognize that spirit that caused that hurt in you. It's not even the same person. It's not even the same, it's not even the same church. But you recognize it. I'm not coming to you with, with, a, with a voice that does it. I'm talking to you from experience. Those pain memories. And you're walking around and you're trying to keep yourself into a place that you don't want. You won't get hurt. You're trying to keep yourself from being vulnerable. But can I tell you, it's only when you're vulnerable with God that he can heal you. The spirit of depression, the spirit of oppression. There's fear, there's addiction, there's hurt. And all of these things are warring against the spirit. You wonder why you're fighting. You wonder why that you can't get over it. I'm here to tell you. I'm here to give you the secret. I'm here to give you how to get beyond it. I'm actually here to tell you how to get dominion over it. It's going to come through prayer. And it's going to come through fasting. There's got to be somebody that's willing to say, I'm tired of being where I am. I'm going to get up. And I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to go through this. I'm going to make it through. I may not be what I want. But when I come out of this, I'm going to be tried in the fire. And the fire is going to reveal what's real about me and what the enemy has tried to lie about. It's going to be burnt away. I'm here to let somebody know you can have dominion over your pain. You can have dominion over your depression. You can have dominion over your suffering. You've got to decide. I'm not going to sit in the tombs. I'm going to go to where Jesus is. I'm going to pray until I feel him. I'm going to worship until I hear him. I'm going to cry out with everything that I've got because I want dominion. I talked to a young man this week and we were talking about things that battle and war against people and he looked at me and he said, Greg, I can tell you this one thing that I am sure of. When someone comes and tells me about a problem, I can ask them the question, how much have you prayed? And when they look at me and they tell me, I don't know. You just tell them, that's your problem. There's some things that will not come out by music, the shout and dance. There are some things, I know, I know, I just preached it. No matter how loud I get, it's just not going to come out. You want to know when I broke through some walls? It's when I was weeping and praying to a point that I couldn't make utterances for myself. It was silence. And then all of a sudden the Spirit. The Spirit begin to make utterances for me because oh some of these things they only come out by prayer and fasting I know you're weary I know you're wondering if I can ever get this off of me I'm telling you there is dominion for you here's the, here's the sad part of all of this the only way to get dominion from it is to go through it I would love to tell you, I would love to be able to tell you that Jesus and salvation is just this miracle cure-all, that you're never going to have someone hurt you, that you're never going to have someone say something, that you're never going to have someone that thinks they're helping put more chains on you. I would love to be able to tell you that. But I'm sorry, I can't. 
I can't, but what I can tell you is that there is a loving God that is willing to help you and strengthen you. There is a loving God that is willing to give you rest wherein the weary shall find rest. There is a loving God that is willing to let you just throw and cast all of your cares upon him so that you can pray a little more, so that you can intercede a little more, so that you can tarry a little more. See, I know we want to cast our cares on him because he cares for us so that we don't have to worry anymore. That's not what I feel about that scripture. What I feel is when we're in the moment and we're looking at things. Oh, God, I need to cast this on you for a moment. Can you hold this for me? Because I need to pray a little more for my son. I need to pray a little more for my daughter. Oh, will you hold this? I need to intercede. I've got to stand in the gap. I've got to make up the hedge because the enemy wants the enemy wants them. The enemy wants to destroy them. But I've got to stand in the gap. I've got to pray a hedge over them and around them. I plead the blood of Calvary over them. God, I've got all of these weights. I've got all of these worries and concerns. But if you'll hold those for a minute, I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on fasting. I'm going to keep on going. And then those ministering angels, those ministering spirits that came to him in the garden, they're going to come to you as well. And you're going to get a strength. And you're going to set your face like a flint. And there's something that you're going to rise up. And you're going to say, I've got dominion. I've got dominion. I've got dominion. We have an example of this. For him to have power over death, hell, and the grave. He had to die. An eternal God that cannot die. Went down and he wrapped himself in the very thing that wars against him. Flesh. The one thing that wars against the spirit. The one thing that battles. Oh, but he's God in flesh. Yeah, but he's God in flesh. That's why the Bible says, oh, if you'll allow me, I'll just put it in my language. We've got a high priest that knows what it feels like to be me. Because he's been in the flesh. He steps out of eternity. This is eternity. There's no beginning. There's no end. Time has a beginning and it has an end. And it's when he decides. He decided when time began and he's deciding. And he's actually already decided when time ends. But he looks down and he goes, you know what, I'm going I'm to step out of this and I'm going to step into that. He was beaten, 39 stripes, nearly dead, so weak that he couldn't even carry the beam of his cross. They throw him on the cross. They beat a crown of thorns into his brow. They mock him. They spit upon him. Prophesy now. Nails in his hands and feet. Put that cross into the ground. Thud. According to historians, the Romans were so good at their job that when they dropped the cross, the impact was so great that it actually caused the body to become disjointed. So that when they would have to push up, so that when they would have to push up to get a breath, it would not just be from the nails in their feet, but their entire body was out of joint. They would get as much as they could, and they would have to relax, and then their body is hot. They would do it until they... Finally, with his last breath, he says, 
us up the ghost. But the story does not end there. The enemy would love for it to have ended right there. Woo, we did a good job. Look what we did, fellas. But the one that wrapped himself in the very thing that warred against him, God is spirit. All of a sudden, there's a knock on the door. He says, hey, you got something that belongs to me. Some keys to death, hell, and the grave. A few days later, he's out walking around. There's an angel hanging out at the tomb, and he tells, he tells them all, go get all the disciples and Peter. Jesus is waiting on you where he told you he would be. What are you saying? Oh, I'm saying for him to have dominion over death. He had to die. For him to, to pay the price for sin, he had to die a sinner's death. He took dominion by going through it. So how can I say this morning that you can have dominion because I stand to you as a living witness. I have been broken. I have been disjointed. I have been weary and I have been worn. But I'm telling you, the Lord spoke a word to me as he gave me this message. He told me in my spirit, he said, I have given you dominion over pain. I have given you dominion over offense. I have given you dominion and I am allowing you to walk in healing because I have given you dominion. You want to understand how you can walk in another level even in the flesh? You go ahead and get on your knees and you begin to pray. You get on your knees and begin to repent. You begin to let him know there's nothing else that I want more than you. I'm telling you, in that moment that God spoke that to me, I fell on my face and I began to weep and I began to cry because I felt like I didn't deserve it. I don't deserve it. And God got a hold of me and said, get up. I'm not here to let you know you've got dominion so you can say that you don't deserve it. You went through a battle and you trusted me. Now go give someone else the healing virtue that I have given to you. If you've been weary, if you've been worn. I know a God that's able to heal. If you woe, if you've been in this and you've been hurt and you're wondering whether God is real or not, I'm here to let you know He's real. I can introduce you to Him. I've got a God that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all I could ever or even think. Closing with this. What has all of that got to do with dominion multiplied? Easy. Well, it's easy for me because I've got the notes. You see, Brother Cameron, will you come help me? My battle and my testimony. It's not his. It's not. It's not. It's just, it's just not. We're, we're different. We're two different people. He's a child at 22 years old. That he reminds me. 23. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, I feel so much better now. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Even twice. You know, it's still only 46. So, <laughs> we're different. Our testimonies, our battles. So what I've went through, that I've got dominion over. See, that's that's just my territory. That's my domain. That's my little circle. That's that's this is just me. But I look over at Cameron, and I'm like, you know what? Cameron's been through some hurt. It's different than me. Cameron's been through some pain. That's different. Why don't I link my dominion with his dominion? And then all of a sudden, our circle 
just got a little bit bigger. And then I come over here, and I'm like, Kim, will you help me, please? I'm going to try to hold this. You know what? Even though we're married, her dominion's a little different than mine, too. All of a sudden, what was one is now three. What, what was just my kind of hurt and my kind of pain, what was just me going through things in the ministry, what was just me going through things out of confusion, now all of a sudden I've got a wife that was going through things. I've got a young man that was going through things. I've got a young man that was going through things in church in his own life. I've got a wife that was doing the same thing. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden what was one now becomes three. You want to know what's going to happen when you begin to link up and let the body be the body, the one person that's looking for you you to help them it may not be me but it may be one of them it may be somebody that's sitting beside you you need to let your dominion flow you need to link up with somebody that's why I tell you you've got to pray for your brother you've got to pray for your sister I want to let my dominion be multiplied oh if one can put a thousand to flight two can put ten thousand to flight I'm here to let the devil and all of hell know serve you notice I've got a God that has given me dominion I've got a God that that's given me dominion, and I'm here to let it be multiplied. There's revival, there's healing, there's power. As they come to the music, as they come to the music, you know, I've never battled addiction. I'm sure someone has. I talked to a friend of mine yesterday. They've been clean and sober. I was with them for almost three hours. He's been clean and sober for almost 20 years. And we were talking, and I was telling him some plans, and me and all him and his wife, we were all kind of talking and just about what's going on and, and the plans for the future. And he looked at me, and he said, Greg, he didn't know what I was preaching. He still doesn't know what I'm preaching. But he told me, he says, what you preach is different than what I testify about. He says, but you get us together. Just wanting to shout and dance in the middle of his living room because he's telling me even four hours away if we'll link up oh you may have a different testimony and a different style but oh you link us up together and what I can't do you can and what you can't I can and then what I can't do with him together we're going to find somebody else that's where the body of Christ comes in that's why I'm telling you we've got to let multiplication happen we've got to let the process happen We've got to go through the pain because we've got to have dominion. Can we stand? Can we stand? Again, I don't want pain. I don't want hurt. But it happens. It happens. But when it happens, it's not the end of your story. I've been, I taught this on Wednesday nights. I think actually even Brother Stan had said it to me. And what, first, you know, he's naked and cutting and screaming. Next thing we find him, he's all clothed. Hey, Jesus, I'd like to go with you, fella. I'd, li I'd like to go. Jesus says, no. Just go tell them what God's done for you. And he says, okay, I'm going to go tell them what Jesus did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you went through the, all of that, Legion. I'm sorry that you hurt. I'm sorry you went through all of that. But oh, you ran to me. You got deliverance. Now you're clothed and in your right mind. I need you to take this dominion.
I need you to share it with someone else that's broken. I'm sorry that you're hurt. I'm sorry that you're confused. And if you've learned to live with it, I'm sorry that I've brought it back up. But I have an answer. And his name is Jesus. There is healing virtue that will flow to you. They were singing a song about healer. And God spoke to me and said, I don't want to just heal physically. I want to heal spiritually and emotionally. I want to. I want you to give. I want to give to you dominion in your mind. I want to heal you. Every head bowed and every eye closed, please. devil's lied to you. You've tried to learn to live with it. But there's no true peace learning to live with it. But in him there is perfect peace. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. God spoke this word to me Wednesday afternoon. I wept all the way from Kansas City. I wept all the way home. I sat at my desk and wept this morning. Because God, I know what it's like to not have that dominion. I know what it's like. All I'm really saying is that I've got freedom and I can rule over it. I can control the thoughts. There was a time I couldn't. There was a time that it would happen and I would just run away and hide. But oh, now, when I recognize it, I just say, get thee behind me, Satan. And then when I see it in someone else, I can walk to them and I can begin to pray because I have been in their shoes. Is there anyone in this house that's willing to say, I need a touch? If you're willing, I'm asking you to come to this front. There is no shame. That's why I was willing to tell you. I went through it first. I was broken. I was wounded. I was weary and worn. I had walls up. But I I had to decide at some point. I can either sit here and die or I can go to my father's house where there's more than enough, more than enough. There's plenty. Even if I'm just a servant, I've shamed my father and I walked away. Even if he never accepts me as a son again, servant in your house oh but if you'll allow me my father was looking and saying oh I see him afar off I'm going to run to meet him I'm going to run to meet him I'm telling you this morning whenever he met him the father said I want you to put a robe on him I want you to put a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet he said I not only want to give him authority but I want to give him dominion in my house 
Come on, Bethel, will you come around and find a place to pray? Come on. Come find a place to pray. This is what the body does. The body comes. The body prays. Wake up. Find someone. You've been broken. You're weary. Find someone. Pray with them. Ask God to strengthen them. You know what it's like because you've been there. 